All right. Thank you, Pete. Amen. Everybody good this morning, I hope. If you're not, it's not my fault. It's your fault. You can work that out between you and the Lord, okay? Right, Palmer? Yes, sir. <laughs> Woo, I just want to take a moment here. Y'all don't mind me taking a moment. It's hard for me to come up here after worship when, when the Lord's touching me so much. It really is. The favorite thing in my life is the presence of the Lord. That's the, the, that is really is the favorite thing in my life. That's my, my Valentine is, is the presence of the, of the Lord. Uh, Lord, we, we love your presence. There's nothing like you, Lord. There's nothing like you, Jesus. Mm. There's nothing like you. Lord, I just pray that somehow we would get a glimpse of you that would just grab our hearts for the rest of our lives. Lord, we just thank you for that. We thank you that you want to do that. And I pray somehow that we would be captured by your love, Lord, beyond anything we've ever experienced. Lord, thank you for all the times that you've blessed us and all the times you've touched us and all those moments where you spoke to us and revealed yourself and the amazing encounters that we've had, Lord. But Lord, we're hungry for more. Lord, we believe there's more of you to be revealed. There's more of you to be experienced, Lord. And I do believe you want to bring us into something new, Lord, uh, both as, a, as a individuals in, a, in the church body. Lord, I believe there's something that you want to give us and bring us into something new and into a new time, into a new place spiritually, Lord. And we're asking you to do that in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I tell you, my goal, this is what my goal is. I, you got any goals in your life right now? We all need to have some goals here and there. You know, you have a vision for your life, right? And then you have goals that you set that hopefully lead you to that vision. And I've been working on my personal goals, but my goal for, uh, for the church here right now is to, with the mercy of God and the grace of God, is help us to move forward into what God has for us. That we would, and, and when that time comes, because we're in such a time of, of disorder and shaking, um, but God wants us to move forward in this time. He really does. It's, it would be wrong not to. And so we have to really ask the Lord for wisdom and grace. Not understand everything we understand uh, to actually come into what God has for us. This is this, this making sense. This is not my message, by the way. I'm just wanting to tell you, this is where I'm going, is I want to move forward. I don't want to stay where I was. And I think it's time for us to begin to move forward, even when we don't fully understand you know, the Bible says Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. And it's a time for the faith of Abraham to be manifested in the church. Abraham obeyed the Lord. That's, that's all God was looking for is just go. And as he went, God began to unfold the plan. Amen? Are y'all excited about that? I hope you have that for your own life, that you're moving on spiritually. I actually feel like there's some people in this room that I would, would say to them if I felt good enough to say it to them is um, and, and, re, and I'm saying that because I'm not sure the Lord will, he may not want me to say it to him personally uh, but I've watched some people and I've watched them on the outside doing things that are very natural about their lives but I realize there's something more that God's doing in them and that God is really trying to reorder some people's lives he really is. He's trying to give them a different order. And, and it's almost like getting a makeover. Y'all know what a makeover is? I don't do makeovers personally. It would help. It would, it would take something very serious and drastic. <laughs> so I don't personally do them. But, you know, people do makeovers. I mean, they look different and they look great. Most of the people look great when they do a makeover. I'm, I'm happy about that. But there's something inward. It's like an inward makeover. And like an identity that God wants to bring some of you into that you have not been there. And a lot of what you're doing on the outside, really, I want you to see this, is something that's coming from your inside. You know? Does that make sense? 
you're wanting to look different, be different, act different, but really there's something on the inside that's spiritual that God is trying to establish in you. And it's for the time we live in. It's for this time. And you're to emerge with an identity that you've really not walked in yet. You know? Like an identity in Christ. Because our identity, you know, as we grow and change in the natural, our identity shifts and change, right? I mean, heck, I'm not a dead when I was 17, and you should be glad. <laughs> okay? <laughs> I was still looking for identity. Okay, yeah, I don't think y'all getting that. I want whoever that's for, though. I know some of you. I've watched you, and I've asked the Lord, can I say it? And he ain't said a word, so I'm taking that as no. <laughs> Maybe I should tell you this yes and see if I get punched, <laughs> right? Hey, I want to read to you uh, this little story in the Bible that's really beautiful. And this Acts 16, verse 6 through 10, this is just one of these beautiful stories in the Bible because it's so practical about following the Lord and how we can learn to allow the Lord to guide our life and give us information what to do. And so as Paul uh, actually on the second missionary trip, so by this point in time, Paul was a very seasoned uh, person. He was very seasoned in the Lord, very powerful in the Lord. He had already did his first missionary journey, and now he's on his second one, and he would do a third one later. But so we're looking at a man who really knew the mind of the Lord and really had captured the heart of God. So this is no junior preacher we're, we're reading about, you know what I'm saying? He's no, he's no green guy when it comes to the Spirit. And I wanted to say all that just so you can catch these things. It says, The Holy Spirit had forbidden Paul and his partners to preach the word in south, the southwestern provinces of Turkey. And that would be uh, where the church of Ephesus would wound up being. That was the third missionary trip. But this trip, the Holy Spirit had forbidden them to go there. So they ministered throughout the region of central and west central Turkey. Think about the church of Galatia. That's where God was sending them. When they got so far as the borders of Mysia, they repeatedly attempted, repeatedly attempted. Everybody think of that word. They repeatedly attempted to go north into the province of Bithynia. But again, the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to enter. Think about this. Here's the mighty man of God... Paul the Apostle trying to do something, repeatedly trying to do it, and repeatedly the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, the Spirit of Jesus wouldn't let him. Does that bring comfort to your heart? It should bring comfort to all of our hearts because we all have things we're doing and things that we believe are God. Anybody in this room where you have gone after something, and, but at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit wouldn't allow you to do it. And we have felt defeated by it. We have felt ridiculed by it. We have felt ashamed. Some of us, it has stopped us from literally being risk takers in the Lord and really responding to the Lord because we can't bear what we consider to be failure. Well, imagine if Paul at that point threw his hands up in the air and said, Well, I quit. I don't know. I've missed the Lord. I didn't hear God right and went home. Well, he didn't. He didn't do that, okay? That it really encourages me because I got so many things I felt like God was speaking to me that I've tried to do that didn't work out. And I have just felt so humiliated and defeated by those things. But what I'm learning is it's not defeat. It's part of our walk with God. It's part of being growing in Christ and learning the voice of the Lord and learning the timings of the Lord. Uh, so instead, they went right on through the province of Mysia to the seaport of Troas. While there, Paul experienced a, a supernatural, ecstatic vision during the night. Let me just tell you what it was. It was a dream. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they had to put all that in there. <laughs> supernatural, ecstatic. I mean, it didn't sound very ecstatic if you read the dream. You know, a man from Macedonia appeared before him pleading with him, you must come across the sea to Macedonia and help us. Doesn't sound real glamorous. For some reason they wanted that in there. After Paul had this vision, we immediately appeared uh, prepared to cross over to Macedonia, convinced that God Himself was calling us to go and preach the wonderful news of the gospel to them. And of course, He did. So, 
What I love about this story is so practical, okay? There's a practicality to it. And, and it's, a, it's practical in the sense of they were looking for direction of which direction they should go. And, and they were having to figure it out. They were having to, you know, go head in this direction and see what the Holy Spirit would do and finding out he wouldn't. And then the Holy Spirit did speak really clear to them about what they should do in that dream that Paul had. And so I think uh, what, I, what I'm looking for in my life more and more is this kind of guidance. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What I'm looking for more and more is recognizing the voice of God when it comes. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Now, lots of times when we talk about the voice of God and hearing God, we talk about how God may speak, Right? We don't know how he spoke to them about not going, you know, in those places he wouldn't allow them to go. We don't know that. It didn't tell us. But it did tell us one way God spoke or one way God speaks is through dreams. Okay? But listen, uh, and and most of the time when we talk about uh, hearing God, uh, it's, it's more along the line of how God might reveal himself, how God might like through impressions or dream, right? dreams, visions, through the scriptures, through circumstances, through open doors, shut doors, through prophetic words. All of those are the different ways that God may speak to a person, right? And we've, we have walked through those things so many times and we should walk through them many more times uh, because those are, are beautiful things. But... You can have a dream that's not from God. Every dream you have is not the Lord. Every impression you have is not God. You know, it's just not. And I can remember when I first was born again, immediately God began to give me dreams. I mean, just I started having dreams from God. Him talking to me, and they were real practical dreams that God was answering questions for me, telling me what not to do, telling me, literally telling me, stay away from those people. You know, I literally had dreams like, but at the same time, I started having these other dreams that seemed like there was mostly God, you know, but that was this question, and I began to ask the Lord, Lord, which one, you got to tell me how to know the difference between the ones that's from you and the ones that are not from you. And he showed me, he showed me just a clear way for me to know that dream was not from the Lord. 90, 90% of it seemed awesome, but there was a part of it that wasn't God, and I knew God would never talk in a dream like that to me. And so it's really helped me throughout my uh, entire life uh, because I have lots of dreams, and God speaks to me in dreams a whole lot. Uh, and in different seasons, different dreams, but, but I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about recognizing the Lord's voice. No matter how he speaks to us, and no matter what method or means he comes, because to me, that's the, the crux of the matter. To me, it's being able to recognize the Father's voice or the voice of the Holy Spirit and, and, and respond to that voice. So that's what we're trying to do now is that, and later we can learn more. Are y'all with me? Is everybody good? If you're not, I'm happy. I'm going to help you. Let me read Psalm, uh, no, it's not Psalm, Proverbs 16.9. This is very important. Uh, This is real practical. It says, within your heart, you can make plans for your future. Isn't that good? There's permission. Here we have permission within your heart. And we can see that with Paul when he went out. Paul didn't have a set God said, go here, 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 here. All he had, in fact, if you go back, this is amazing to me. This has always been amazing to me. Paul's first missionary journey in Acts 13, they had these prophetic words. They had God speaking, let Paul go, send him out to do what I've called him to do. And, and they laid hands on him and he went out. Okay, the second missionary journey, guess what? how that started? Paul wakes up one morning, hey, Let's go back to the people we were seeing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That is what the Bible calls a second missionary journey. It started with Paul just having a thought. Like, I'd like to go back. It didn't say God told him to go back. Nobody laid hands on him as far as we do. There was no prophecy for him to go back, go back out. 
He just got up and went. And that's what the second missionary journey was. He had something in him. He had an unction in him. He had a call in him, but he didn't have all the specifics. So he went out, and so he made his plans, okay? But the Lord chooses the steps you take to get there. And see, that's what we had to do. We ha- so we have, if we're going to move forward, and if you're going to move forward in your life in any area, spiritually, naturally, business, you know, relationally, make, you make your plans, but you've got to hold, your, you'll hold those very loosely, right? Because God is the one who establishes those plans. God is the one who establishes how those things are worked out. And what, lots of times what happens to us is we will make our plans, we will believe that God is in these plans, and when they don't work out, and God says, well, that is not exactly the way I want this deal to work. We, get, we pull back, we get frustrated. And so we, we hold on to, to our plan, we hold on to what we, the, that word, the way we thought that word should work out and when it should work out. Am I the only one in this room who does that? I have done it over and over in my life and realized this thing's killing me. It's the word of the Lord, the promise of God, the dream of God is beating me to death. And the reason it's beating me to death is because I'm holding so tightly to it and will just not let the Lord in on working and establishing it and working it out. And when I begin to learn to let go of that and just let God, like this is what I believe I'm supposed to do, I'm going to go pursue it and let God have his way in my life in the midst of it. And if you look at the Bible, that's generally speaking the way God operates. You know, and here's what we had to realize is your no, embrace the no, because your no is what opens the door for the yes. You hear what I'm saying to you? And if you fight over the no, you're just delaying the yes of God in your life. You really are. And lots of times the no discourages us so bad, you know, that we want to quit. Like I said earlier, it just, we get discouraged about the no's. Instead of like, okay, this is a no from God, which means there is a yes. This just is not exactly the way the yes is looking. Later, the yes from God was to go into that region. There was a definite yes to go in the third missionary. You go to, and he established that amazing church at Ephesus there. So there was a yes waiting, but God had an order. God had a purpose. Are y'all following this? And the quickest way we can harden our hearts from hearing God the quickest way is when God says no and we push through and we disobey Him. That's what the Bible calls rebellion, you know? And that's why it says in Hebrews 3, 7, I think 8, 7, 8, and 9, where it says, don't harden your heart as they did in the day of rebellion. Because once our heart gets hard, we can't hear. Because we're talking about not hearing with these ears. We're talking about hearing within here. And a hard heart can't hear. Okay, so we see from this story with Paul that he was willing to let go. It didn't, he, we don't have to go to, to Ephesus. Where does God want to? He wants me to go to the, to, to the Galatian people. Well, y'all, okay. Let me read this, bit, this amazing scripture here. This is amazing. For one, you know, there's so many beautiful translations of the Bible. I like to read different translations in the same verse, this is the best translation ever of these verses, in my opinion. This is the Passion Translation. It's Hebrews 1, 1 through 2. It says, Throughout our history, God has spoken to our ancestors by His prophets in different ways. The revelation He gave them was only a fragment at a time. Don't you love that? That's really it. Yes. Building one truth upon another. Listen. But to us living in these last days, God now speaks to us openly in the language of a son. Isn't that powerful? He's, that's the, he, what they're, they're, they've pulled out of these scriptures. They've told us the language of God. That God has a language. We have a language. Our native language for most of us in this room, except Luis, is English. That's our native language. That's our home language. His is Spanish because that's where he comes from. Sajan Joyce is in, from India. So we all have this native language that we speak. And the Holy Spirit now has a native language, a, a language of home, and it's the language of the Son. 
That to me is like mind blowing. It's like, wow, that clears up things. That clears up things. That brings revelation. Don't you think it's beautiful? Oh, he speaks openly in the language of the Son, the appointed heir of everything, for through him God created the panorama of all things and all time. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Have you ever thought about this? This is a sidetrack, okay? Jesus is the creator in the Bible. He's the creator. And, and think about this. We, I'm going to, I want you to think this. This is a, a mind-blowing thought when I first began to have it. Jesus, we have not really, we've only got glimpses of Jesus. Because Jesus came, his purpose when he came was to reveal the Father and bring redemption. We have not, Revelation is the only book that begins to tell us what Jesus is really like. Are y'all following that? Jesus came and revealed the Father. He wanted everybody to know what God the Father was like. He wasn't trying to tell everybody what he was like. But when he comes back, we're going to see who he is. I'm telling you, we don't really know the Jesus that's lit up there in heaven right now. We don't, we, we don't really know him. We don't know what he's really like. Uh, Revelation 4, that's why I believe John in Revelation, this is a sidetrack, y'all, but this is fascinating to me. That's why John in Revelation 4, when he turn, heard that voice, and it says he turned and he saw this Jesus that he was best friends with on earth, right? The beloved John, the, the man who laid his head on Jesus' breast at the last supper, the man who watched him die, the man who took, Jesus' mama into his own house to care for him, right? That man, he was close to Jesus. He knew the heart of God. And he turned around and he saw him. He saw him for who he was and he collapsed. All the strength fell out of his body at that moment. I'm telling you, it was way beyond getting slain in the spirit. It was when you're, have you ever been in a situation where all your everything is like you were completely unplugged. You couldn't even stand. I've seen people when they've gotten bad news do that where their life, it was like life went out of them. They had no bodily strength. Some people in this room have experienced that. Well, he experienced that when he saw how amazing Jesus is, y'all. And I think this, and again, this is not what I'm trying to, but I'm just telling y'all, I think Jesus wants to reveal himself to the church more and more. And I think that's really what's on the Father's heart, is for us to see this person you know, and the further I seem to go with God, the more it's to be, you know, put your eyes on Jesus. You know that old song, put your eyes on Jesus? That song seems so alive to me at this point in my life. Is I've got to see this person. I've got to put my eyes. And the, the, it says, there's a line in it, y'all. I don't remember. Becky's in them left me again. She's forsaken me. She usually helps me with songs. Christian songs, there's a, there's a line in it that says this, and the things of the world were strangely dim. Huh? In the light of His glorious grace. Listen to this. I was thinking about it. Usually you think about the things of this world, which is legit. You know, your possessions, your money, your debt, your, you know, all this stuff. But I was thinking about, and also the troubles of this world. Are you hearing me? that those things would become dim in the light of His glory and grace. I believe the Lord wants to do that for people. And I believe as we begin to really seek that, and I've told the Lord over and over, Lord, I need to love you more than I love you. I want to be more in love with you. I want to have this drive in me towards you that I don't, that's not there. There's, I know there's more drive. I have drive. I have love. I'm not denying that, but I believe there's more. I believe there's a more radical, and I don't really like that word all the time because it's overused and, you know, we get a picture in our mind. But I believe radical love. I believe there's something, a drive that puts something in us that, that that's what will change the world is that. And I believe it's seeing this person. And falling in love with this person. And everything that we have and everything we are comes alive in this person. And I believe the Lord's going to do it. I'm holding out for it. You know, I'm holding out. That's the answer for the United States of America. That's the answer for the body of Christ. That's the answer for the world is the revelation of Jesus Christ. All right, that's just off the subject. <laughs> it's true, though. 
Let me read this. I'm going to read this beautiful scripture. I haven't read it here lately. It's one of my all-time favorites. It's in John 14. It says, Philip spoke up, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be all we need. All we need. Isn't that powerful? That's what we need. All, that's all we need. If we could just see our Heavenly Father. This is, this is Philip, one of the disciples. Jesus replied, Philip! I've been with you all this time and you still don't know who I am. How could you ask me show show you the Father? For anyone who has looked at me has seen the Father. See, that's why I said that Jesus, when he was on earth, that's what he was trying to do is get people to see the Father, not himself. Okay? He wanted people to know the Father. And so if the God's listen, if God speaks in the language of his son, the revelation of God as your father is vital. You will never be able to understand that language, really understand it. You'll have glimpses of it, but that's the language. Does that make sense? That makes sense, y'all. Listen to what I'm telling you. If we don't have a revelation of God as our Father, we will never really be able to understand what He's speaking to us. It's only in that revelation. And here's the reason. As we begin to know Him as a Father, we begin to know who we are as sons and daughters. This is vital. I'm, y'all looking at me like, this is vital, y'all. If we're going to really begin to recognize him, and if he really does speak in the language of his son, this is how we learn that language. We learn it as sons and daughters. We learn, you hear what I'm saying to you? We learn it being sons and I don't think y'all are getting this. This is, this is what we need to ask the Lord for. If I don't have a revelation of God as my Father, I desperately need it because you're speaking a foreign language. You're speaking in the language of a son. You only speak. And we need to ask the Lord. Now, I know many people in this room have that revelation of the Father. And you might think, oh, I've got that. I never, don't think that. Think, I don't have enough of that. That's how I think about it. When I hear somebody say something, I think, I know the Lord's really given me a lot on that. I don't have enough of it. Obviously, there's more. There's more for me to have because I want to recognize that voice. I want to be able to know when he's speaking that it's him. And that's one of the ways that he speaks. You know, it says in Romans eight fourteen, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Sons can be led. We're all sons and daughters. We're Lord or not, but what it's saying, the only way you're going to be able to really allow the Holy Spirit to direct your path is know that sonship. And you know, that you know sonship as you know Him as Father. And that begins to reveal to you who you are, your primary identity as a son or daughter of God. And once you get settled in that, and once you get comfortable in that, it gives you confidence Okay, it gives you lots of confidence. It gives you the ability to get from God the things you need on a practical daily basis, but it also gives you the ability to hear Him and where He can begin to speak to you and tell you things He wants you to do because God uses His sons and daughters to accomplish His will on the earth. That's what He does. Those are the people. Those are the kings and priests. Are y'all good? I'm telling I don't know, man. I'm having a hard time up here. (laughs) So, God's voice is relational, okay, and it's subjective. Of course, God speaks in general terms, okay, where he talks to a a group, like a a dad and a family. He's a mama, a daddy, and three kids, and the daddy has something to say to the family. He's talking in general terms to the family. Hey, family, guess what we're doing? We're going on a vacation tomorrow. So, everybody needs to get up and get ready. But then he may go to little Johnny and say, Johnny, listen, now, I don't need you laying up in bed tomorrow when it's time to go. I need you to get up when I say get up. So he, he, are you getting it? He, he, he talks to us in ways that you and I can hear it. My, the way I hear God's voice and recognize his voice may not be the way you do. See, that's the problem we've had in the church. We've tried to give this formula and this thing where everybody has to hear the same and, and see the same and all of that. And that's dumb. It doesn't work that way. I would have never, when, when I had my children growing up at home, I had two boys and one girl. I would never speak to my daughter the way I spoke to my sons. 
because she couldn't take it. And obviously they couldn't take it neither, but they never told me. But later they did. Right, Phil? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, I, I, you know, you talk to a girl a little bit different than you talk to a boy. You treat them a little different than you do boys. You treat them with love. You treat them with care. It's all the same, but, it's, but it's, you approach them different. And that's what the Father does. And that's how He speaks to us. He's going to speak to, to Tim a d- little bit different than He's going to speak to Marvin. You know? And so that's how we get to know it. We've got to forget this general thing that everybody has to be hearing the same thing and doing the same thing. That's ridiculous. All right, let me read this verse to you. This is really powerful. Are y'all engaging? All right, Exodus 3, 10 through 12. This really was a life changer to me uh, when I found out about this, about knowing what, making decisions and knowing what to do. Uh, this is when Moses had his bush encounter with the Lord. You know, y'all know that story. Most people know it. It's really powerful. And then, you know, the Lord had this conversation. And then this, in verse 10, Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. That was God talking. But Moses said to God, Who am I? Anybody ever said that? Who am I to do this? Who am I? That I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. So he said, I will certainly be with you. And this will be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Have you ever thought about that verse? Think about it. Who am I? How am I going to know? Are you sure about this? How will I know this? Well, this is how you're going to know it. You go do it, and when you're back here on this mountain worshiping, you'll know for sure then. There's no way of knowing, Hunter. That's what God was saying. Moses, you're just going to have to go do it and see. We're waiting on something. We got where we got some ironclad guarantee. There's no ironclad guarantee. I wanted to read this paragraph that I have kept for a few years now because it just uh, answers this so well. This is a person writing about something a certain person wrote about hearing God. This is what they said. Your article is typical of many books I have read. Everyone talks about doing what the Holy Spirit says, but you do not state how you know it is the voice of God. I have yet to read any book or article that can lay that out. It's easy to say the Lord told me to leave this or do that, and I was blessed down the road because of it. Anyone who can present a way one can actually know that the voice they are learning is from God, they are hearing is from God, not man or Satan, would change the world. That's probably why the world hasn't changed. Do you see what they're saying? They're saying exactly what Moses is saying. I've got to know. You've got to tell me. I have to know this specific thing that I can be 100% sure. And that, and the way you know is do it. That's the only way. That's the biblical way. I remember I was trying to make a huge decision in my life, and I went and got counsel from a certain prophetic person that I loved and had a great relationship with me. He said, I have the answer for you, Byron. And he read that. I was so like, what the heck? What kind of prophet are you? You know, I was, you're no good, man. I need somebody to tell me what to do. You know? He said, you just get yourself up and you go do it. And then you'll know. If you believe God's telling you this, the only way you're going to really know is go and do it. And once you've done it, you'll look back like the Lord said to Moses, you're going to look back. I'm up here worshiping God. It was actually God for me to do all this. You know? And you can trust this, y'all, in this. If you head out that way and God said, why is he going? What's he doing? I need to redirect him. Remember what I said? You've got to, got to hold, it, hold it loosely and let God redirect you. You can trust God to do that. He'll do it. If you're sincere towards God, you can guarantee that He is going to direct your path. He will do it. He promises that. What the devil gets you to do, He wants to freeze you where you're doing nothing. When you, there's no walk of faith. There's no step of faith. He wants to freeze you where you've always been. That's called religion. Are y'all? 
All right, man, I got one more and then I'm done. Wow, I got done early today. I shouldn't do that. I should make y'all suffer longer. I, I need to stretch out this last thing as long as I can. I know I'm making people feel bad. You're thinking, God, I can't believe he's getting done this fast. What in the world has happened to him? Okay, this is really good. This is one that's really good. It really applies to us today. It's John 18, verse 37. This is Jesus when he was brought before Pilate to be crucified, to be tried and crucified in the courts of the, of the Gentiles. Uh, and, and Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I'm a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Isn't that powerful? Let me read uh, how the, the Message Bible says it really well. Everyone who cares for truth, who has any feeling for the truth, recognizes my voice. Isn't that good? Everybody who has who cares about the truth, who has any feelings about the truth, will recognize the voice of God. That's powerful. So if we really want to be able to recognize His voice, we have to have a love for truth. We've got to have a care for truth. And right now, there's not a lot. Truth is not really readily available in our world. You know, so, but we're the pillar and ground of truth. The church is. We have the truth. And we need to love the truth and care about the truth. And as we do that, we can begin to recognize when the Holy Spirit is speaking to us because that's what he said would happen. Here's what the, the amplified, uh, what they call amplified class. Y'all know there's different amplified ver- versions of the Bible. Did you know that? The amplified classic, in my opinion, is the best, right? There's newer versions. They try to make it better. They made it worse. They really did if you start comparing them. But it's called the Amplified Classic. Everyone who is of the truth, who is a friend of the truth, who belongs to the truth, hears and listens to my voice. Isn't that powerful? So, you know, what they're telling us, that the truth is such a vital part of recognizing the voice of the Holy Spirit in our life. Well, we'll know. If we have a love for truth, God's going to give us the ability to perceive not only when he's speaking, but us knowing it is him speaking. This is God speaking. This is God telling me something. And let me tell you, God wants to talk to people, and God is talking more than we realize he is. I've discovered in my life God talks to me quite a bit, but I miss a lot of it, okay? I miss a lot of it. I'll be honest with you. I miss a whole lot of it. But God is talking about things, and he will tell you what to do about situations. He will give you answers to things. He will give you direction. But you have to be able to perceive, be able to know as him. And one of the things that I've tried to do in my life is, you know, is when I pray and ask the Lord something, to pay attention because I believe he's going to, going to speak to me about it. Okay? I just have this thing in me that says, if I'm talking to God about this, and this is something that's really important in my heart, God's going to talk to me back by it. But I just have to be willing to let him speak to me how he wants to do it and when, and not try to force the answer. I've told you all this story before, but I love this story. This is back in my engineer days. I was working as an engineer, and I had this problem at work, this this thing that I was working on that I had I messed with it for weeks and couldn't figure out how to make it work, you know. And so I'm getting under the gun here because I'm the guy who's supposed to know what he's doing and got to make this thing work, this design. And one morning I just cried out to the Lord before work, say, Lord, you've got to help me because I don't know how to do this. I'm missing something. I just can't figure it out. And I'm, everybody I've talked to, nobody can help me. And that was my prayer. You know, and I drove on, got up and went, did, and was driving to work all anxious, right? 
because I had to go to work and I wasn't feeling comp- confident that I was going to be able to fix this thing that day. And I was working against a deadline and I had to stop and get gas. And I stopped and I was gassing up my car. And all of a sudden in my mind, I started thinking about the problem and I started saying out loud. I mean, people probably thought I was an idiot there. Talking out loud about the problem. How is the problem? And in the middle, I thought, oh my gosh, God has just answered me and told me the answer to this thing I had mulled over for weeks and weeks and weeks because I had asked him. I had asked him, and he wanted me to have the answer. I just wasn't suspecting it was going to come at the gas pump, and it would literally come out of my own mouth. It wasn't me who came up with it, but God was using my mouth. Let me tell you just one other story, and I'll stop. Yay. This is another work story. I, I love this work story. I hated it at the time. You ever been in a situation where you were, you were, you were either going to walk out of it dead or alive? Like, if God doesn't show up, I'm gone. I'm done. I mean, they're going to wipe me off the face of the earth. Well, I was in this situation. I, it was a Saturday night, and Becky and I were watching a movie, and I get this phone call from this guy, one of our customers. And he was saying, hey, Byron, you know that design that we've installed that you guys did? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Something really bad wrong with it. Really? Yeah, I mean real bad. And we can't figure it out. We need you up here. Like, up there? Yeah, and there's a couple parts you need to bring with you. Parts? This is Saturday night, man. You don't buy parts on Saturday. Not these kind of parts, you know. You don't get them, you know, at, the, at Walmart. I said, okay, <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. So I knew the parts. I called the guy who had a company called Robert E. Mason. He used to work. You work there? You work there, yeah. I called this guy. I knew the guy. I knew the, the owner. I called him. Hey, I'm in the trouble. <laughs> Can you help me? Like, You're calling me on Saturday night. Want me? I'll meet you there first thing in the morning. So I go, you know, to the, his business, and he gives me my parts. I go get on this airplane. I fly up there. We put the parts, start putting them in, and then I'm called into this meeting with the plant manager, okay? And all these people, and this is what the plant manager said, well, it's going to call, starting tomorrow, a million dollars a day if this thing ain't running. I'm like, a million dollars a day? Seriously? I'm thinking, what have I got myself into I was nervous. <laughs> Explain to me what you have done, Mr. Wicker. <laughs> I'm like, oh, so I'm on the spot. So I told him. I went through this whole long spiel with him. Explained to me. I explained to him why it wouldn't work, the design, and what we found out since we originally designed it. The problems, the bad information which they gave us. I didn't really rub their nose in it too bad. <laughs> I just let them know that was the basis of our design, and that had to change. And I went through this whole spiel. And he, and he said, okay, well, how do you know this is going to work? And this is no lie. When he said that, I heard myself saying, how do you know the sun's going to rise in the morning? And as, when those words got out of my mouth, I wanted to go, what have I done? I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead. That's what I thought, dead. You know, I'm going to get fired. I'm going to have to go home and tell Becky I got fired for mouthing off to this customer who's a very powerful man. <laughs> and you know what he did? He took his folder, he slammed it shut, and he stood up, and I was waiting for the whoosh, and he said, great, this meeting's over with, and walked out. I thought, oh, my gosh. I went out there praying, oh, God, please, you've got to make this work. If this don't work, he's going to kill me. He trusted what I said. I had, he, for some reason, he believed what I told him. He believed it was going to, just like the sun was going to rise, he believe, actually believed it was going to work. God, that had to be you talking through me or I'm just dead, please. I called Becky, Becky, you've got to pray. You've got to pray because I'm not sure this is going to work, to be honest with you. It was my best shot. Praise God, it worked. (laughs) It worked, you know. God is good, y'all. God is good. God wants to talk to you. 
you know, and he wants to talk through you too because that's one of the keys to be able to have a word for the world is to hear something from God. I, there was a famous preacher uh, that I loved, a Bible teacher, and he kind of fell off the map. I mean, completely fell off the map. And I looked for him for years, like, where is he? What is he doing? I knew he had some serious things that happened to him. But I finally found him recently, and this is what he said. He said, I just didn't have anything to say anymore. I just didn't have anything to say because he was so, his life was so broken. Well, he's got things to say again. He's starting to talk again. You know, and God wants to speak to people. I just want to share this real quick. What Byron is talking about hearing from the Lord. The Lord's been showing me some really significant things about that and also specifically about all the prophets that we trusted and listened to their words and felt like, oh boy, you know, we were made fools of. First of all, one of the ways to hear the Lord's voice is to stop listening to a bunch of other voices. You really can't hear the Lord pure if it's tainted with everyone else's voices. Okay, that's one thing the Lord showed me, but, but I believe this is what happened. We have all known this prophetic principle. You feel like God has spoke to you first, and then you hear a prophetic word, whether it's on YouTube or on TV or someone comes up and lays hands on you. And if that voice, that prophetic voice, confirms, bears witness with what God has already told you, which means you have to be listening to God's voice in the first place for him to tell you things. And if that word confirms what God's told you, then it's like, yes, I received that word. If it doesn't, doesn't mean it's wrong. Just means, okay, so I'll put it on the shelf for now. And if down the road something happens, I hear, you know, and then I, I take it back off the shelf. Now, I'm not saying this is what you guys did wrong, but I'm saying this is what I did wrong. And if you witness with it, then you did it too. We started listening to all the prophetic words. And you know what? They were saying what we wanted to hear, right? You know, and, and that prophetic word went here and that didn't happen, but that's okay because we got another prophetic word that just moved it a little further down the calendar and that didn't happen, but that's okay because we got another prophetic word until there was no more down the calendar. And it was like, what in the world? And I believe what I was doing is I was listening to the prophetic words. I was taking them as the word of the Lord to me instead of flipping it around and saying, is this what God has said to me? And that word now confirms it. And I believe that as we go down this road, hearing God's voice is going to be way more critical than this past election. And this may have just been a trial run to get us to the place where we see, okay, I did it wrong here. I can fix that because when it's really, really important, I will have trained myself, one, to hear the word of God and let the prophetic voices either confirm it or put it on the shelf. That's good. Many voices, many voices. You know, uh, John the Baptist, a voice crying in the wilderness. God has many voices, but not every voice is, is for you and I. Remember when I said it's subjective. God wants to speak to you personally. And he does speak big words, you know, out, does say, you know, blah, blah. But we have to, if we can begin to hear the Lord on a subjective, personal level, that's how you're able to know these words that come because you already are familiar and recognizing his voice. And although, I think that was good what Dean said, although that word could be a word for someone else, it doesn't mean it's a word for you. But, and so that's part of recognizing the voice of God is in that is knowing, well, that's a great word for Marlon, but that's just not a, the word for me. And being able to be comfortable with that and confident in that and, and secure in that. And that's the beauty of, of having this kind of relationship with the Lord, okay? That you can live a life of knowing that, God, that you're walking with God, you know, and that God will bring uh, the right voices into your life when you need them from other people or however he chooses to help you navigate this life and live this life the way you're supposed to. So I think we really are in an amazing time to hear the word of the Lord, okay? I think we're really at that time, so... Amen. The word is Jesus. If it's Jesus, I'm happy. God speaks to us in the language of his son. So let's just stand up and uh, I want to pray just a quick prayer. Uh, just an impartation, really. That's what I'm looking for.
you know. So, Lord, I just pray right now for the anointing of impartation uh, that we would be uh, recognizers of your word, Lord. That the voice of the Lord would come to us and we would recognize it. Just if you can lift your hands to the Lord, it would be great. And to say, Lord, I, I want to receive your word. Word of the Lord, come to me. That's one of my favorite prayers. Word of the Lord, come to me. Come to me. Let your voice be known in my life, Lord. And give me the, the grace and the peace to be able to obey you, Lord. To obey what you want me to do when you want me to do it. Lord, I just release that right now. I just release that in the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you for everybody in this room. Lord, I just pray for the families in this room. The, I just ask you, God, to do some miracles for people. I, I do. I, listen, there's, some, there's somebody in here that needs a miracle in their family. Uh, and I'm asking the Lord to do that. There's some, it's like healing miracles or, or miracles of deliverance. I feel the Lord wants to do that. So, Lord, we just ask you, if you need a miracle in your family, it can be little or big. It doesn't matter. If if it's important to you, the Lord wants to do it. We just release the power of that miracle, Lord. Healing and deliverance, Lord. Break, Lord, break off this satanic thing that gets on people. That causes hurt and division. Lord, we ask you to do that in Jesus' name. Lord, remove the lies that we're believing so we can be reconciled and healed, Lord. Bring your healing right now, Lord. Let's just, if, you, if you need a healing and you're just say, Lord, heal my family. Heal my family, Lord. My family needs a healing. My family needs a touch from heaven. My relationships or my child needs a miracle in their body. Lord, we ask you to do it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thanks, Byron. Well, folks, we love you all so much. We're going to dismiss, but just want to invite you that if you're not finished this morning with what the Lord's doing, you don't have to be dismissed. We're going to play some worship music. If you want to soak for a while, come on, stay with us. If you feel like you have some stuff that you need to pursue, please stick around and pursue it. We've got people on a ministry team that will pursue it with you. Luis has a word about... Um, opening up our ears, praying for people's ears that we can hear the Lord. So if you feel like that is something that resonates with you, then stick around. Also, I just want to say, if you don't know that Jesus loves you, I would love to have a conversation with you before you leave today. So be blessed. Lord bless you and keep you. Amen.